Hey everyone, welcome back to the Self-Critical and Pitiful podcast, a boring podcast for boring people. Uh, I'm Fee and as always I'm joined with Abby. Hello. Hi. And today we're joined with two very special guests. Do you want to introduce yourself guys? Uh, sure, I'm Paul McDonald, uh, a custom sword and knife maker by day, nice. uh, involved in big cat research in Scotland and various other uh, interesting things as well. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, I'm uh, David McEwen and I, uh, by day, I'm a gardener and uh, much like Paul, I uh, investigate big cat sightings in Scotland as well. Nice. Awesome. So basically, we so I came across you, David, on uh, Bigfoot in the UK, what's it called, Facebook group. And then you messaged me saying about Paul and how he's into like the big cat sightings and stuff. So that's how we all met. Um, so basically, the first thing we wanted to kind of chat to you about, obviously, was the big cats. And like, how did you both get into this? And like, where the hell did it come from? <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's a that's a spiral and a massive story in itself. I, uh, I, I basically, it was during the first lockdown that I got involved with that. I, I, I thought, well, everything else is starting to encroach back in our... Uh, lives and I was always aware of sightings throughout the UK so I basically joined the same Facebook page that Paul was on and put up a message to see is anybody investigating this and then Paul piped up saying yes so Paul's been mapping them for a, for a while now and I've sort of joined the band and I think we've been doing it together for about uh, about two years now I think it is or something like that uh, but yeah I mean Paul, Paul will, will uh, fill you in on his story in and out and uh, <laughs> we'll take it from there. Aye, uh, aye, well my own interest uh, really really stemmed from my first big cat sighting um, which oh. was in the West Highlands uh, on the train going to school one morning. Uh, lived quite a wee while from uh, the nearest town and uh, it was absolutely unmistakable and quite a close sighting as well from the train which myself and my friend both saw at exactly the same time um so really you know uh, without really having any idea that big cats you know being naturalized and living wild in our country was a thing suddenly i'm confronted with the issue <laughs> you know uh, and it was it was utterly undeniable i mean anyone will tell you you know anyone that has had a close encounter with a big cat it's it's absolutely unmistakable yeah. and, and and most people don't expect it when they see it and it shakes you up a bit you know um it shakes up your your understanding as to just what's out there to start with uh so that that certainly stayed with me you know yeah, yeah. i would see newspaper articles here and there of sightings throughout Scotland and always took me back to that moment which was quite you know a, a, a sort of a, a pivotal moment in a way um, and I, I, I did have uh, a couple of other experiences over the years uh, and encounters but I never really got the chance I suppose to uh, launch myself into the study of it until uh, it was about four and a half years ago now uh, where myself and family moved to the Scottish borders and we're quite close to Midlothian as well and I just uh, I heard about a, a, a local sighting and I followed up on it and 
then started to look online, find more sightings locally, realised that actually there seemed to be quite a bit of activity about and I was in a good place to start to explore this. Um, so set about doing it from there. Wow, that's really interesting. And the fact that like, obviously, your first sighting was when you were so young is like, <laughs> and now you're back doing it as well. It's so cool. Like, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, it's great. It's fascinating. You know, it's um, it's it, it really is. Every day is a school day with it as well, um, <laughs> because you know we're we we've started from scratch, if you like, with the research and the build up, but it's been quite an acceleration, I would say, over the past uh, two three years. Um, one uh, initiative that I that I launched was uh, based on my experience in, in military intelligence which was uh, wow. wasn't wasn't all, wasn't all as glamorous as it sounds a lot of it was was mapping battle space and enemy positions and movements and so on and, and that's still you know a mainstay of practice in MI um, but I took that practice uh, over to big cat sightings because I thought this would be a very useful way to gain a, a complete overview as to concentrations of sightings in an area, patterns of movement, uh, typical habitats, type specific species or types of cats being reported in certain areas. And it's taken a little while for that to build, but it's built quite steadily, uh, grown quite rapidly, quite recently, I would say as well. But now we're able to actually start to start to read um, uh, read some interesting patterns from the map and it's really starting to make sense yeah so, that's amazing where do you think these came from because it's not something that's spoken about if you say to someone oh yeah there's pumas or jaguars whatever whatever cats as you see mm. um out the forest people are like nah they live in the jungle they're not here so yeah. do you know like where they came I, from i've mentioned <laughs> my dad that we were good chat about it and he's like he was like is it like because people used to have them as pets didn't they like big cats so That's he's right. like is it pets that people have let go wild or like the natural here like so i'm really interested to hear the answer to this <laughs> so, so basically in 1976 there was a dangerous animals act which was right. introduced to the uk expensive to to get your license everything like that so a lot of people supposedly a lot of people should i say release these animals into the wild we've got i i think we've we've had a couple of i'll say sighting reports but a couple of reports of people doing this a uh, right up until i think mid 80s or something like that I, I, apparently you still get we're still i think getting the odd one released nowadays as well but but initially what it was is it's is basically they've always been getting sort of released as long as people have been keeping them pe keeping them pets or they've mm. escaped but in 1976 when this dangerous animal act came into play that is when we started to see the influx and we're basically now hopefully we're now trying to prove the fact that they're, they're actually successfully breeding in scotland well in the, the rest of the uk but yeah. me and paul uh, obviously stay within scotland yeah, but basically that's what we're thinking now these ones that have been released you know cats mm. are, are, are pretty good at surviving i mean even your domestic house cat still makes kills on mice everything like that you know mm. scotland in a whole like the weather everything like that the climates 
sort of ideal. I mean, you get these animals, like you say, in the jungles to, you know, in Russia, Siberia, you know, you get them all over the world in all different climates and stuff like that. Scotland's pretty much, or the UK in general, is pretty, yeah. climate's pretty, pretty normal for them. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I mean, we get lows, low temperatures are about seven or eight, if you're lucky. We've not had that yeah. this year, so it's pretty good. And we've got massive deer, deer populations as well. Mm-hmm. So we are at the moment, and with the mapping that we've done, I mean, I think we've got about a thousand sightings mapped. Yeah, there's, wow. there's over a thousand now, maybe. Yeah. thousand and fifty, mm-hmm. something like that. Where are so, the most sightings, like, in yeah. Scotland? Where do you see, like, the most activity? I think it's the central belt now, isn't it? Like, Yeah, central belt's pretty, pretty active, we could say. Um, but all areas, all regions, really... Yeah. And what the something I didn't expect actually to get from doing this was the reaction in myself in realizing this is much bigger than I thought. Yeah. <gasps> this, is, this is this is much bigger than I thought, and there are more out there than than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Now, so that, that's only come about from you know compiling over over a thousand reports and seeing the concentrations but also seeing very clear sighting reports and putting that pinpoint on the map and then coming out to re- to realize well there's nothing around that so yeah. where's that come from it's 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 out with a typical ranging area that you could imagine mm-hmm. so so all the questions go through your head as to is this another release is it a recent release is it is it a second or third or fourth generation on from a release somewhere else is it is it a single cat is it a family these are all the the big unknowns that that we'll never get from just putting a point on a map but they're very relevant questions you know yeah Uh, and all of those you know the other thing we've managed to do with the mapping as well is is like find habitats which they prefer okay. so we tend to get like an influx of sightings around certain habitats you know like uh, so there's a lot of like water courses golf courses your railway tracks whether they be in use <gasps> or, or disused mm-hmm. uh, quarries stuff like that so we get a lot you know we, we managed to now start to pinpoint and actually almost map out paths and ranges that they're using uh, obviously these things aren't set in stone but my, uh, Paul bought a book the other day there that we were looking at and they had a track they tracked leopards basically I think it was or mountain lions I can't quite remember what one it was Paul it was, leopards, yeah. it was leopards and we actually they had a, a, a map of of where all these where, where it basically where they picked up and received the, the uh, from the leopard and we're basically looking at this and looking at our map and you know what we're getting from from a a book that's you know tracked leopards properly from what we are seeing in front of our our map we're getting pretty close i think to starting to narrow things down and hopefully get to the point where we can get that definite proof oh that's exciting it's yeah yeah, i mean paul's done a lot with it if we didn't have paul doing the map and it wasn't as good we would be sitting probably twiddling our thumbs <laughs> and not really 
what we're trying to do is basically build it up so that we we can then you know as much evidence as we can get you know so historical sightings right up to recent we've got that we then need dna we need you know photographic evidence mm -hmm. everything like that we need to basically build a huge portfolio and having the map is helping us out a lot instead of just chasing things about going from one point to the other yep. not having a clue mm -hmm. when the map that paul's done but it's it's 10 times easier mm -hmm. we're able to go to places that are having higher rates of, of sightings than yeah. that. Yeah. And it, it's it's something that seems to, again, from the from the reports being mapped, have been uh, a phenomena for, for some time. Uh, I mean, David, David mentioned the, uh, the Dangerous Wild Animals Act in, in 1976, but we do have quite a bit of, of reports uh, and activity from before that time. Uh, oh, the, er wow. the earliest sighting we have on the map, I think it's 1947, oh, wow. uh, and we do have sightings throughout the 1950s, 1960s, and early to mid 70s as well. Um, in fact, a recent one was receiving a report of a a full, a, a complete skeleton of a puma. Um, it was identified as a, a puma, apparently being being found in a cave in the West Highlands in 1976. Uh, so clearly, that's you know, been a release that's uh, that, that's predated that act as well. Um, so yeah, we, we've got them at least from the, the late 1940s onwards. I mean, wow. I mean, we re we reckon we've not got even half of the half of the sightings because I mean we, we we're sitting today getting sighting reports in from 25 years ago and stuff like that that folk have just kept to themselves and not wanted to tell yeah. anybody. I, I would I would, I think we are lucky if we've got anywhere between one to five percent oh, of wow. all the sightings that there's been. Yeah. Because you know, who 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 do folk report to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> quite, quite often they go to the police because that's the only recognised authority that that <laughs> might be able to deal with it in some way. But they very often they they just don't have the resources and and means to do that. I yeah. think there was only sort of one time that they ever, and I think that was down south, that the, the the Royal Marines not get called out or something like that. That yeah, was that, that was after, yeah, quite quite a bit of activity down there, and uh, it was I think causing issues for livestock and and farmers and so on. So mm -hmm. there was a bit of pressure on to uh, to find and you know eliminate <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the the predator uh, here. Yeah. So yeah, there was an exercise uh, yeah. launched with the, the, the Royal Marine Commandos, um, and uh, I think there was a I think there was a sighting of it during that. One of them, I'm sure, one of them made a shot, but it was unconfirmed. He, he took a shot, at, but it was unconfirmed. There was no body, nothing like that. Mm. But that's about the only time I think I've ever heard of the government actually reacting or making an effort to do something mm. or find or, or whatnot. With yeah. my cats in the UK. It's interesting. interesting. My, um, I'm in, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you go, you go. I was, ju I'm just being nosy, right? So I'm in the Ayrshire area, and my dad says he's heard different over the years, different people saying they've seen a big cat. Is there many in Ayrshire? That's just me being nosy now. I'm curious. <laughs> Quite <laughs> a lot. You'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> And uh, big black cats and big brown cats, um, both of which the big black cats seem to answer to description and size of melanistic or, or black leopards. 
and the brown cats pretty much all answering the descriptions of of puma uh, puma or cougar or mountain lion it's all the same name for the same species there see that's interesting because when i was younger i've not even told fee this actually i've vivid I lo- i've got lots of fields out the back of me and i vividly remember like there's a bit that you drive past to get to my house and you see the fields i vividly remember seeing a big black cat and then looking away and looking back and it was gone and i was like okay i've just mm-hmm. imagined that but now i'm like what mm, i wonder if it was <laughs> something <laughs> yeah yeah it's possible i i, I mean if you if you, the sightings don't last for lo- a lot of the sightings don't last for long and yeah. a lot of the video footage out there as well, I mean, some of it's absolutely rubbish, you know, it's, it's bad quality or whatnot, but you, you, even the really, really good stuff that's on YouTube and that, it's it's not for long. But yeah. also, I mean, if you look at these, like, if you go onto YouTube and, and, and look at, like, leopards, me and Paul found one, I'll try and forward it on. Mm-hmm. It, you know, leopards are coming up, like, they're a foot away from, from their the prey. And not even been seen yet or detected yet, you know. Yeah. So it, wow. it's completely possible for you to be looking at it and for you to turn away and for it to lie down and hunker down. You yeah. need to come back and not have a clue, and not see it, you know. You know that way. It's like when I was so young. I'm like, is it real? Is it not real? But now you've got my head spiraling now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, as, as as far as we understand, there's no question about the the existence of them. Mm. Um, and the existence of them, you know, not just as very recent releases that are that are still out there as a released animal, but in terms of naturalised animals that are actually successfully breeding and surviving and existing as part of our ecosystem now. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And I think they have been for quite a number of decades now. That's so interesting. That's, that's the aim of the game for us is to prove undoubtedly that they've been here surviving for decades and eventually just get them recognized yeah you know because they're, they're not, they're not they're, it's not a, there's not been any in the government's eyes there's not been any definite proof that they're here hmm. well but that's what we order, wanted to ask like why is it not i'm not saying it's covered up but why is it not spoken about what why there's good there's good reasons for it really um if 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 any government department was to put its hands up and say actually yeah we've we've seen the evidence or we've got the evidence and yeah big cats exist throughout the country that would be a huge admission for which they would be responsible for doing something um now there is uh, the Scottish government policy is sadly for non-native species. It's understandable though as to why, but the, the, their policy is first prevention to prevent any non-native species from getting out in the wild. If it does get out in the wild, the next policy is extermination. No, oh. uh, and that's you know, and that's that's for the the obvious reasons that they don't want non-native species starting to proliferate, proliferate like uh, like rhododendrons, for example. They're non-native, <laughs> but they are everywhere now since they were introduced in the 19th century. Um, <laughs> so for that kind of reason, you know, uh, they don't want um, uh, species out there that can adversely impact the ecosystem. That that mm-hmm. that's the the, the the reasoning behind it. If they were to admit it, they would then be liable for doing something about it, i.e. initiating a programme of extermination, which, 
to be honest, in our eyes and understanding at this stage, would be quite an impossible task. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the other one, it's quite a. So rewilding, rewilding Scotland. I don't know if you've ever came across it. Basically, no. uh, lynx or Eurasian lynx are, are like the only native cats to ever be in Scotland. Okay. Uh, they were exterminated. You know, uh, they were exterminated. But I think they're, they're going to start to try and reintroduce this. Now we do have lynx sightings as well, along with black leopard or, or pu- and puma sightings. We do get lynx sightings to this day as well. So they might try and be tricky with that, and that'll just take lynx completely off our plate. The other thing that Paul's saying as well that if lynx are discovered before they start reintroducing them and we're able to prove that they're here, they might be safe because of a uh, because because they were here before and we've basically put them extinct, they could be safe. But anything else, such as like mm. puma leopard, anything like that, they're unfortunately they. It's going to be very unlikely that the the government are going to agree to keep them safe. I think. So does that not then put you off from trying to prove it? Because so you don't want them to get killed, I would assume. So. No, <laughs> yeah, but when we do, is is acting in the interests of the animals. Absolutely. Mm. Um, we, you know, we're of course yeah. we're not wanting to go out yeah. there, go out there and hunt them to, to to shoot them by any means. Um, but yeah. we do, of course, yeah. hear about certain farmers, certain gamekeepers, where they're all too happy to do that. Um, and so we do have to be careful. Ooh. And we have our own games of cat and mouse that we play ourselves uh, mm-hmm. with, say, the public in that respect. But we have to be careful as to mm-hmm. what information does go out there in terms of fresh reports and fresh sightings because we don't want to give away where these locations are um the, you know g- yeah. to give you an example there was a couple of sightings very in fact two sightings on the same day that we managed to determine from distance and timing um were two different cats two different large black cats mm-hmm. within the same locality um but we heard back from local uh, intelligence from that the next day that in fact there, there was already a local gamekeeper there who was quite happy to shoot them um so we, we we're always quite aware right. you know we, we have to play a careful game as to exactly what information goes out there we, yeah. we have we yeah. this is a topic of conversation for myself and paul uh, and a couple other folk that, that we're in contact with down south as well is is basically how we go about these things, how we approach it, and if we find things, you know, how do we put it out? You know, who do we tell? It's, it's unfortunately, it's something that we we've not managed to decide what we, if we, you know, if we ever find that definite proof that the government are going to accept as to actually what we will do with it because yeah. of the fear. I mean, we yeah. live and hope that they will do the right thing, but like Paul explained. Well, not being native species of that, unfortunately, it doesn't look hopeful, which is sad. Yeah, uh, and, and like... it's, it's a very long-term game we're playing as well, yeah. <laughs> because if you know any evidence of a single cat is evidence of a single cat, you know. Yeah. And we fully understand mm-hmm. that we could put the best video footage out there. We could get 
perfect DNA evidence of an exotic species, but that's only evidence of that one thing in that one place. Um, whereas what we're wanting to understand is how many are in this area, how long have they been there, how many generations have they been there for, and that we're wanting to apply for the whole of Scotland. So we've given ourselves a mighty challenge to take on, not 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 to mention that we're actually trying to get eyes on the rarest and the most elusive creatures in the whole country. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's, it's a huge challenge, but to get the bigger picture or even get an inkling of an understanding to the bigger picture, it's, it's going to take years and it's really going to take decades. It's a long, long game we're, we're in for here. Yeah. My uh, neighbour had a sighting, it was like 20 years ago, he was telling me about it yesterday because I was telling you guys, uh, telling him that I was going to be chatting to you guys. So like like Abby, like my back garden is like a big field, so I'm in West Lothian and um, he was out taking the dog a walk and he like watched, he said, I think it was maybe a puma or something, he said like it had a big long black tail and stuff like that and he said he watched it chase down a fox but the fox got away Wow. and then it like, yeah and then it it went up the path and he waited a couple hours to go out because he was scared and then he went out with the dog and as he was out walking it like walked right in front of him disappeared uh-huh. in the trees aye. so yeah aye. you might want to ask him to get in touch with us actually about that. <laughs> yeah. even, even the well you even the get that ones, uh, like I say doesn't matter when it was right. we want to get every little detail that we can whether it was you yeah. know 20, 30, 40 years ago up until you know Two hours ago, we we, yep. we want all the sightings that we can yeah, get. Yeah, historic sightings well, just as important as recent sightings. Yeah, well, um, I can tell you it was on the second of February two thousand and two. That's what I can tell you. <laughs> right. There you That's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, no, if you need more information, then let me know and I'll like I'll chat yeah. to him, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. If you can, sure. if you can get in touch with us, that's yeah. uh, that's a plus for us. Oh. Sounds good. Yeah. Sweet. Well, another thing we had to ask you was because before you came on, Paul, me and David and Abby were talking about like kind of paranormal links to stuff. And we were wondering, is there a potential paranormal link to the cats or like and other entities, In I guess you would say, or do you not think so? Um, I might be able to tell you a story from personal experience about this. Hundred <gasps> <100%. laughs> <laughs> percent. Um, yes, I do. Um, and and this is this is an intre- a really interesting question yes. because <laughs> there are quite a number of you know Facebook groups, localized Facebook groups dealing with sightings in different areas. You know, mm-hmm. and I would say for you know ninety nine point x percent of sightings what folk are seeing are big cats they're seeing physical big cats we're starting to understand the origin stories so you know we're getting a handle on what's going on but for the smallest percentage though um yes there are certain things that come into sight and sometimes that make you think what was going on there what was that that doesn't sound normal um like now, what? Can you tell us? <laughs> uh, I, I remember reading a, a report about a sighting at uh, Nunro Abbey, and this must have been late 1990s, I think. And it was a gamekeeper. This big black cat came out of the forest, and what 
walked confidently towards him, which clearly got his back up and his hackles <laughs> up. He had a loaded shotgun. Um, he levelled it at the cat, and I think he, he, he put a shot into it, um, which didn't seem to affect it too much, and it went off back into the, the forest. A curious thing that he said, the detail he said, was the ground seemed to shake as it approached him. Now, there's a thing that makes you think that's not normal, you know, and that's quite an interesting detail. I've, I've, I've had um, quite, quite a few experiences in the paranormal metaphysical side mm-hmm. over my years, certainly since since my teenage years, since I was at 13. Um, that's, I saw my first UFO. I, I had a poltergeist uh, that followed me around. Um, so you know, I was my eyes and mind were opened to yeah. physical and paranormal phenomena from quite a young age. Um, and yes, I, I along with two friends, uh, we encountered uh, an unusually large cat on Arthur's Seat in Edinburgh. What? <laughs> this wasn't just a, a big cat; it was an abnormally and unusually large cat um it was at midnight beside the old medieval chapel um and a partly moonlit night to set the the scene (laughs) (laughs) and uh, in our student days of course we we decided it was a great idea to go fencing outside the old chapel (laughs) at midnight so we did and so we're up there having a great time doing exactly this um, I used to run the fencing club back then, nice. and um, <laughs> uh, the it was my friend that saw the eyes first. Um, we were fencing beside the ruined wall. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was sitting just quite close beside us, um, and it was my friend that saw the eyes first reflect moonlight, uh, and he signalled to stop, which we did, and he said, "What was that?" I said, what was what? I didn't see it. He explained what it was. uh, And then I saw it. And it was... Now, you see, green or or yellow is quite typical of cat eyes reflecting light. That's usually reported, you know. Um, But this reflected light, this reflected the moonlight, just silver, white light, basically, which was unusual in itself as well. And quite a distance apart. Like if you if you did this with your, your thumb and, and uh, you know and and, mm-hmm. and little finger about that distance apart at least it seemed, it was very close as well. And our first thought is ah uh, somebody somebody and their dog. It's got to be somebody's dog and somebody and their dog, until it growled. No. Oh my god. <laughs> no. The you cannot mistake you absolutely cannot mistake a big cat growl especially when it's that close to you yeah and it put the fear in us all i it's like let yeah let's go let's go and we you know rapidly started packing the fencing bags to get off that hill um it then silhouetted the head against the the skyline uh close to us and it was just it was unmistakably a big cat but an abnormally and an unusually large cat needless to say we uh, it obliged us to retreat swiftly off the hill we bolted off the hill <laughs> we ran off the hill terrified 
Um, we were we were three of us a babbling wreck at the bottom, <laughs> babbling to each other about what we'd just seen, what we'd just encountered. Um, and we all agreed, you know, right, yeah, the eyes appeared to be about this far apart. Yeah, 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 you know, it was, yeah, cat, cat, you know, everything we'd experienced were just verifying amongst each other so that we knew it wasn't just one of us. Um, and, you know, completely inexplicable otherwise. The next day, I go to a, a friend at a shop in the, the high street, uh, the weird shop. Um <laughs> <laughs> My friend was a great knowledge, you know, uh, and resource on local legend and mythology. And I told him exactly what I'd seen the previous night. Oh, yes, he said, yep. Well, that ties in with the legend of the guardian up there. Apparently there's a spiritual guardsman known for the, the old druid abbey up there that was a huge black cat. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So that was quite interesting. I'm going to yeah, write that down. Now, the, the, the really curious thing was this appeared to be backed up by some incredible video footage some years later. Um, I think it was, was it 2005, was it, David, that incident? I think so. Search. You can find articles still I, online. I I think it was 2005, but the story didn't break in the papers to 2012. Um, So there was a police helicopter um, engaged in a a missing persons search on Arthur's seat. Uh, And there there were officers on the ground and uh, the helicopter involved. And footage appeared from the police helicopter where you could see an officer on the ground from above, thermal footage, and you could see this long shape they're advancing towards. And you could hear the audio from the the officer in the helicopter, and he advises the officer on foot to stop moving, (gasps) turn around 180 and walk that way. And he relays this in in a calm voice, which the officer on the ground does, and you can see them start to reverse. Um, you then see this long shape in the ground get up and move, advance slightly, but then turn around 180. Absolutely unmistakable shape of a large cat, but an abnormally unusually large cat. Now, the detail in the footage was clear enough. You could see that. Yeah. It was unmistakable. That footage since has gone to ground. Disappeared. Oh, that, of, that's course. So, of course it has. That's all we'll see on that at the moment. But the oh. the footage absolutely was a, of an abnormally huge cat on Arthur's seat in the middle of Edinburgh as well. Wow. Oh. I, I remember. So I, I this was well before I, I got into looking for big cats. And, and I remember seeing the picture from it just disappeared. Yeah. I remember seeing the footage from it. When you used to look up the article, it used to come up with a still picture. Mm-hmm. You don't get that now. You just get a generic panther puma picture that they pulled off of Google. Oh my images. god! Oh yes. my god! And it wasn't just me and David. We've asked about this on no. the, the Scottish group, and a lot of people have saw it back then. It was uploaded to Live Leaks at the time, um, I believe, by one of the officers, and it was pulled very shortly after. So it was only online for a limited number of days. I mean, we've oh we've god. tried everything. Mm-hmm. Requests, even requests have even been put in for the footage. 
Yeah. And then it's came back, we don't have a clue what you're talking about. Yeah, there's been freedom oh, of information requests <gasps> made. So it's um, completely disappeared. Completely they gone. need to give that information out, though. They need the, to. The I, again, it, it's understandable why it's gone to ground, because um, it could cause some public alarm. Yeah, well, that's the thing, we, I guess. You know. We've had another shite in between that as well, though. Oh, at, at yes. Arthur's seat, seat. Yes, actually, yes, yes. Oh We're waiting. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for the next sighting because the, the last sighting we had up on Arthur's seat was during COVID, and we couldn't get up to go and investigate oh. it. Uh, I still, I, I don't know if Paul's keen. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'll go up there at midnight again. But I'm, I'm still keen because we've now got access to our own thermals, albeit not as high tech as the police and everything like that. But I'm quite keen next time that we have a sighting up there, which I believe will probably. I think there's actually a time scale for each sighting as well. I think we managed to find a cycle or something like that or the, 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 the sightings were spaced out I can't quite remember mm. uh, we, we, we look at so many of these we do forget little snippets but I'm sure at the time we looked into it and there was a time between each one so I think uh, yeah we'll need to check that when, again yeah we'll need to look into that again but I, I, I'm going to go up myself and, and have a wee look at it next time we, we get a sighting which I believe we will up there mm. uh, hopefully okay. sooner rather than later but yeah it's, it's, yeah I mean, I mean cats, cats have been you know, associated with mythology and legend, you know, mm-hmm. not just yeah. for centuries, thousands of years, you know. Mm-hmm. Look at, uh, you know, Egyptian mythology and uh, mm-hmm. the, cat, the cat plays a, a prominent part in that as well. And, you know, in most ancient cultures, you'll find some references to the cats and, and often being spiritual guardians in that sense yes. as well. Yeah, you know, well, um, the witches to, are... To the two uh, worlds, you know, this side and the other. Yeah, had that nature in themselves as well. Yeah, know. crazy. What I was going to say is, witches are always portrayed with a cat, and it's like, yes, aye, Cats are like in uh, superstitions and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, that like cats in general just have a very sort of mysterious mm-hmm. culture amongst them. Like you say with the witches, it's just who knows. Yeah, the fact that the heat signature just disappeared is fascinating. So the guy watched it disappear. It, it that did. is like mental. It, you, you saw it turn, you saw it move away, and then it literally just. That's what happens with Bigfoot sightings. That is exactly what happens. Were you just about to say that, or did I just jump the gun? <laughs> <laughs> similar to that, but remember the the lights over Pentland Hills that we all sort of sent the videos between each yes. other. Yes, 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 yes. Similar to that, isn't it? One was there. Second one appeared, then nothing. They just disappeared. Yeah, yeah, You know, so it's it's all sort of, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Portals. the Pentland Hill and that was like UFO type one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you guys know more about than what I do, but yeah, it, it's all the indication of a an interdimensional nature rather than a physical one. One hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, this is fascinating. I cannot believe that. I know. We are going to Loch Ness soon. Uh, Is there many sightings there? We need to look out. (laughs) There are, actually. Yes, there there is. Uh, Loch Ness side. Yeah, literally on the the banks of Loch Ness, there have been sightings, yeah. (gasps) We need to keep an eye out. Recently as well. (laughs) Are you going going up to look for Nessie? Is that what you're going there for? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Do you believe in Nessie? 
Of course, I'm a sportsman. Good. You can't not believe in Good, that's fine. That's sacrilege. I have a very simple premise for Nessie. Mm-hmm. And I think Nessie can be explained in two words. Dinosaur ghost. Oh, I like that. I said dinosaur, but yeah, Paul thinks it's a dinosaur dinosaur. ghost. And, and you know, because ghosts can interact with the physical environment, you know, Um, and and this creature seems to still, you know, affect the the water around it and such. Mm -hmm. They can be photographed, they can be seen, they can be caught in sonar, um, but they'll never be, and there never has been a shred of physical evidence found. Yeah, Mm. I think there's portals. <laughs> well, I was, I was, uh, I was saying to the uh, the girls earlier that I, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's still there, but I thought it might have been a dinosaur that that's managed to survive, or, or a few dinosaurs that have managed to survive yeah. in a pocket themselves. That's one of my theories. I mean, Whether look how many. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of cave systems, and also, isn't Loch Ness? Doesn't it lead directly into the ocean as well? Like, I'm pretty sure it does. Yes. Mm. And it does it. I think it does eventually. It's, mm, uh, there's, there's the river, yes, but uh, ah. the um, I is it actually linked that way enough? Um, there's there's been suggestion. I think that there's something under. Yeah, yeah. The ground to link that way. Um, there's even been suggestion that it connects uh, under under uh, the earth to Loch Morar. But, but oh. only because Loch Morar has had a lot of activity with the same type of creature there. In fact, I think there's been more sightings in Loch Morar of the creature mm-hmm. than there has been in Loch Ness. And we oh. also have creatures in Loch Shiel and, oh. uh, and Loch Lochy as well. There was actually somebody, there was one of them that, that a, a, a young lass was taken, I believe. On what on one of of the locks, I can't remember. It was one of the ones that Paul mentioned, and I can't remember what one it is. But it's it's not so much like the Loch Ness monster. This is more sort of like a Kelpie type, okay, or or mermaid type thing. Almost think it is. I can't quite remember. I was listening to it on a a book not that long ago, and I can't remember yeah. the facts. But yeah, I mean, if you you look at it up there, a uh, there's so much to explore in the water. It's 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 Aye. unreal. Aye. I know a, I know a couple of folk at least that have seen seen Nessie. Um, and we used to we used to know a a diver. Um, I, I was raised in the West Highlands, and uh, for a while there there was a diver operating, and the story with him was he had white white hair. Um, uh, the story with him was he he was diving in Loch Ness. Uh, one day, and he was a reasonable depth, I think, where when something huge barreled right against him and sent him <gasps> tumbling, oh. water, you know, and he came up as fast as he could, safely could, and had a shock of white hair ever since. Oh <laughs> my God. But that's you know that's that's a that's a, a perfectly true story. Perfectly so true. I was just wow. looking on a uh, Google Earth there, and it looks like uh, so like. Loch Ness and then like the River Ness, it then goes into like the Murray, is it the Moray Firth? Ah, right. And then I think that leads out into the... the, Then the ocean, right, right. But yeah, we we were talking about, uh, you know, exploring the water and that. I mean, is Loch Ness, it's either got like the most water in it or is it it the deepest uh, loch? Deepest, yeah, I think. I think it's like the deepest or something like that and half it's not been explored or something like that either. So uh, it's... 
it's hard to tell. But I think we we actually got a recent Loch Ness monster sighting. Uh, not that long ago. I think I sent Paul the link not that long ago, but there's been quite recent sightings up there. Oh, there have, eh? I believe as well. Because uh, mm. we tend to, with, with the cat stuff, like mm-hmm. how I met you through the big foot uh, yep. page, we tend to end up getting sightings of all sorts of different things, <laughs> or we end up getting talking to people and then it spirals into something completely different. <laughs> well, this uh, is it. We think there's a connection to it all. There has to be. Oh, aye. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's like, you know, you know... Matrix behind the madness. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's sort of acting, and I think it's to do with, like, you know, something like the Druids or something like that, you know, way back when, when I think when we were connected to the Earth a bit more. Yes, yes, definitely, I think definitely. we've then shattered it or broken it somehow and everything's spiralled out of control. And I think this is how we're now getting into dimensions and, and stuff like that as well is yeah. one of the theories that i go with so that's once again you can you can get that's a can of worms you're opening there when you start talking about that <laughs> oh i like that did you have any other questions you wanted to ask abby uh one thing my mum wanted to know so was, <laughs> <laughs> um she was wondering like obviously you've said that there's maybe been farmers or whatever where it's has have their animals been attacked or whatever has there ever been like a human that's been attacked by one of these big cats or is there no reports of anything like that no i think there was a case up in uh up in angus was it it angus or or aberdeenshire Um, an older lass now i think that was just recently that came through not that long ago it wasn't a recent one but it came through not that long ago didn't it i think it was i I think it was late 90s early 2000s there was a lot lot of activity around there at that time Mm. and uh i i can't remember the circumstances where this cat got got close enough to this lady and and it latched on to her leg um she fought it off. She was in her eighties, I think. She fought it off. You know, she smacked it and uh, and it, it bolted off. Um, but that that would be very unusual behaviour. Very unusual behaviour. Really? Typically, even with the closest of sightings, you yeah. know. Um, and you know, there, there's even been physical contact at times. There was a. a someone's dog bolts into the forest and then shortly after comes bolting back out with a big black cat behind it <laughs> the cat going at such a speed it didn't see its owner and literally bowled her over you know knocked her over um but then you know it made no attempt to go for her uh, it realized oh i've hit something or someone and you know it's bigger than me and bolted off they do tend to avoid human contact you know and human confrontation um that's interesting do you think that could be like i don't know if it's like this in countries where like there's lions and all that if they do attack humans but here because it's like maybe ones that have been released do you think that could be like because they've been domesticated at one point they're like all right humans are our friends or do you think it's just they're scared of us or not interested or whatever i I don't think it's that because i think we're looking at generational you know successful breeding enough that they're quite naturalized yeah Um, they do leopards and most cats seem to have a, a an instinctive uh, understanding that if they engage against 
another predator or a larger predator that can cause it damage in the fight, then it can die. Yeah. Because if a big cat can't hunt, it it will die. So they'll so, avoid that kind of level of confrontation and engagement. You know. The the yeah, other the other thing in Scotland is, I mean, we've got around a million deer in total in Scotland. Right? Yeah. For 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 the, the size of us, that's a ridiculous amount. Now that's a, a big prey item, you know, roe deer, red deer, everything like that. We've then got rabbits, we've then got birds on top of that, you know, stuff. There's plenty of food to go around here. Yeah. You know, they're not really having to fight for their food source here at all. Yeah. Uh, plus, on top of that, you've got scavenging and stuff like that as well. I mean, we're not that big a country in the grand scheme of things, you know. Uh, mm. It's there's plenty for them to eat. There's plenty of habitat and stuff like that. Although habitat certainly in the central belt is starting to diminish. There's a lot more houses getting uh, yeah. built on that. And one thing that we look at is when we get an investigation, when when we get a sighting and, and we're doing an investigation, especially if we get an influx, is is there any new housing estates getting built? You know, something pushing these animals out to to be noticed and, and to start to encroach in our areas a lot more. There was yeah. one supposed attack down south years ago. That mind the lad that apparently got his face raped. That looked to be absolute nonsense. Uh, I think it got proven that he was just mucking about with his pals and he, he fell against a barbed wire fence and for some reason didn't want to tell his mammy. And then it all came out as he got attacked by a cat. He got, he got a bit of press attention, but you could you could see from the pictures though, the superficial scratches on his cheek, you know. And if a big cat took a swipe at your face, you know, if it was that close, they will do a lot more damage. A, a domestic cat with its claws can do more damage than superficial scratches. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. What One are, you mentioned? Oh, oh, do you want to go? No, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> it was just um, you mentioned earlier about. Um, like sightings around train tracks and stuff and I've just remembered that my neighbour said their do- there's like a tr- an old train track like near here as well and the dogs mm-hmm. out the field wouldn't go near it they used to freak out would- and would- wouldn't like if they're off the leash they'd come back so I'm wondering if that used to be like a den area uh, or something that's interesting yeah quite yeah. possibly they, they, they do use and, and this will go the same in, in Africa as well they'll mm-hmm. use known animal tracks they'll use established pathways that are safe for them to use they've got quite sensitive paws for for the yeah. for the apex predators they can be <laughs> they actually get quite sensitive paws so they'll they'll avoid certain you know difficult going ground okay and obviously animal tracks as well well that's where their food is you know so yeah. they'll follow these regularly as well and so disused railway lines are 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 perfect for Know, good open uh, safe safe routes yeah. as for like the, the dogs and stuff like that i mean we we get a, a load of different sort of dog scenarios and stuff like that uh, I, I take my my wee dog with us sometimes when we're going out and about but i went to investigate one myself one time it was a, a deer carcass up a tree oh, oh. I, I didn't take my dog for some reason but i took my sister's and I've never. I, I went back with Paul. I think that was the first time in about a year I went back to that area. It was horrible. Uh, the dog was acting really, really weird. Like 
like there was something else there, like a bigger predator there. Oh. Not like there was a fox or a badger, like there was another predator there. And I got the the feeling <laughs> that there was something watching me and all that. You know, it was it was a pretty awful sort of situation. But I, you, you get that quite a lot. You get folk saying that they've been stalked and stuff like that as well. You know, oh. you, you've got this. Uh, is it like your sixth sense or something like that? Yeah. The police will even yeah. tell you to to look out for it and that as well you know like you're being watched like you're being followed you know pay attention to that and be more vigilant mm-hmm. uh, but dogs dogs are one of the i like to take the dog because basically you get a better edge yeah you know yeah. yeah i mean these animals are used to hunting wild deer stuff like that you know and they'll you, you can watch the footage they'll get right up beside it and they've not got a clue dog mm-hmm. gives you a little extra edge because you've got to think these things climb trees as well Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, we'll be sitting looking for paw prints and that. I forget to look up the cheese half the time. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of people, you know, one of the things that we look out for as well is scratch marks on trees. As well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they, they'll often claw at trees either to climb up or they'll actually have like scratching posts mm-hmm. and that as well. So, that's another thing that we, we look out for in, in that as well which is quite cool but dogs are one of the best ones how your dog acts if you're walking with your dog and we get a sight in we will generally ask how is your how did your dog act wow so a massive thing to pay attention to yeah makes sense mm-hmm. one last thing i was gonna ask is um i don't know how much you have looked into england and all that i'm just curious about this my friends from devon and I've heard this about Devon before. Is there like lots, like, is that really big for sightings and stuff? Because I've heard quite a few times Devon, like, there's lots and lots of big cats. That, is I it like. That's, that's like one of the big areas, you know, like Devon and Cornwall. And that's like oh. big cat country down there, I think. Down that area is just, it's full, it, it, like, big cat sightings and like hounds of basketball, stuff like that. It's, it's full of it down there. There's another question for you then. Is there any like big dogs that aren't like native to Scotland or whatever that there's sightings of here? No, somebody said we, we have we have had a couple of folk saying wolf to us before, haven't we? Aye, aye, mm. aye. Uh, wolves aye. will act completely different. Wolves will kill. You know, they they are they're much of a predator. You know, they the way that they hunt if we if there was wolves here we I, i'm almost 100 percent sure that we would know about it yeah yeah, yeah 100%. You know, just their hunting style and that the pack mentality whether it was a lone one that escaped i'm almost 100 percent sure that they're not elusive you know what i mean they're not, they're not, they're not animals they, they make themselves know it yeah uh, there is however in scottish folklore there is like a can't remember the name of it but it's a wolf man and it was it's yes. not like a, you know like we, we hear about big bad werewolves mm-hmm. this wasn't this was like a friendly sort of it was basically a man an extremely tall man with a wolf's head you know so a man's body but with a wolf's head i can't quite remember the name of it but it's in in scottish folklore and it isn't like a bad werewolf it was like you know it's it's like a friendly type connect and i think it has connections with fairies and stuff like that as well so there is oh. i can't quite I'm kicking myself now because I can't remember the name of it, but there is something like that in folklore in Scotland as well, which there's, might be worth checking in. I'm going to write that down as well, actually. The legendary <laughs> black dog that appears as a for, as a foretelling of um, oh, of yeah. someone in your family. 
passing, and and I know I know folk that have had that as well. Seen really? that? Oh wow. yes, aye. aye. That's you see, there's, there's still, especially in the Highlands, you know, there's still quite a, a few of these these legends uh, mm-hmm. and myths that are, you know, they're they're more than stories. You know, yeah, I still, agree totally. They have, still everything things, has to come from somewhere. Still things that are seen, still things that are encountered. You know. Yeah. The theories as well, like that's something, uh, Paul. Hey, eh? you you the, a, a big fan of. I'm saying a big fan of that. That sounds a bit. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking back a bit, but I'm not. I, I big fan of fairies. A big fan of fairies. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to word this? Paul likes fairies. I don't know if that even <laughs> Paul is interested in fairies. Interested in the fairies. Thank <laughs> you, you, you just did word it. Thanks very much, mate. It's all right, mate. It's all right. Yeah, I'll just decide. Yeah, it's yeah. quite a fascinating side of the culture. In both Scotland and Ireland, this is still, you know, and, and, and not just there. I mean, this goes out to a lot of the European countries. There's still um, things that are handed, you know, stories that are passed down generationally. And I think that I think this helps keep it alive, you know, because down the line, if you're told a story by your you know, your parents or your grandparents about the little people or the fairies or whatever that they saw down here and how they acted and how you should act when you go in that forest, you know, in a way, then you're getting formed, you're getting informed about how to behave around the natural environment because there's more than trees and grass going on in there. Yeah. You know, there's sentient beings that you yeah. have to pay yeah. attention to. Um, and I think being aware of that from a young age is a, is a good thing. Um, it's something I've certainly I've brought my own lassie up with, you know, just just a, just a wee understanding that there's something there. Just pay attention and be respectful. You know, yeah. this is a part of nature. Yeah. It's yeah. Part of yeah. nature you're going to see every day or encounter, you know, you might encounter once or twice even in your lifetime. But um Aye, if the respect is there from the start, then at least you're taking that wee precaution and that step that you'll come to no harm if you yeah. do meet, you know. Yeah. And I, I was, I was lucky enough to, uh, to see some, some things once uh, at uh, a place called the Bracklin Falls. Uh, ah, is, nice. Okay. Do you know the Bracklin Falls? Yes, yes. At, at uh, Calendar. Mhm. Yeah. Ah, beautiful, beautiful spot. And I remember my girlfriend at the time, she she was doing Reiki and her Reiki master said, oh, you've got to go to the Bracklin Falls. She often went there to meditate and so on. And she said it was a thin place, you know, and it was a beautiful place just to go anyway. So we did, we decided to go and it was a lovely, you know, quite bright, sunny day. And we got there and I took myself slightly further up and I, I see a big flat stone and I sit down on it. And when I lifted my eyes up to the water, I couldn't speak. And I couldn't speak because of what I was seeing in front of me. And I was seeing these beautiful, iridescent, self-luminescent lights. I've always described them as being about the size of a, a golf ball at arm's length, you know. But beautiful, beautiful creamy white light, and maybe about a dozen of them or so, floating perfectly silently over the water and as though a light within a light or an eye within an eye you know that that, that kind of shape 
I couldn't speak. Uh, it was so mesmerising, so beautiful, you know. And there was no other reason for me to be seeing what I was seeing <laughs> in front no. of me. Yeah. It was inexplicable and unexpected, which was a beautiful part to it as well, because the the shock was there, you know. <laughs> and I, I remember trying to get Malazzi's uh, um, attention, but I didn't want to take my eyes away, because I knew if I did. When they went back, they might not be there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to speak because I, I just had the feeling that if I raised my voice, it might break the spell in a way, you know. It might, yeah. they might not like that, you know. Um. What time of day was that? Oh, it, I don't know. It, it would have been. Oh, it, it was. It was broad daylight. It was probably. Daylight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was right. probably about lunchtime, really. It was just wow. uh, broad daylight. Aye. Aye. Oh. But oh, absolutely nice. unforgettable, you know. And and the way I see that is that that's the the fairy folk in their pure form, mm, you know, yeah, the purest form, yes. you know. Um, I think they can be seen in other forms as well. And I mm. do know folk that have seen little people, you know, little people yeah. with little clothes, <laughs> you know, yeah. physical looking like little beings, you know. And I think that these are the same thing, you know. Just seen it, seen yeah. in different ways. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm quite interested in fairies. I remember when I was young seeing fairies. Um, but obviously, when you grow up, you're like, oh, that was just my imagination. But my niece now, I've told Fee about this before. My niece will be sitting on my knee or like sitting with me, and she'll go, oh, I just saw a fairy. And I do think kids have like a more of a sense for stuff. So I definitely think with fairies or something that. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, I'd love to have an experience like that now because it's just like confirmation of what you saw when you were younger. <laughs> of course. I think the kids are more... Kids are still quite thin, you know, nothing's corrupted their mind or that yet. So I think they're yes. more open to seeing things that are meant to be there or still there or whatever, however you want to put it. I think that's to do with the fact that they're still quite innocent and nothing's corrupted their their yeah. mind you know what, yeah. what i mean yeah uh, whilst i was getting grown up there was nothing like that you know i was going through school, a fairy study whatever i don't know if i'm allowed yeah. to say it Denny, uh, <laughs> just or whatnot i don't know but uh, <laughs> you know things like that you know going through school and, and stuff like that you know you, you get your mind almost gets changed for you yes. unless it's very unless you've got a very very strong mind and it's very very strong will but kids yes. are still quite innocent and I think they're still able to see this, you know? Yeah. Uh, unlike, well, I, I, you, you three seem to be quite open-minded about it and that. I, I think I've been corrupted too much now. <laughs> <laughs> your, your mind is weak. Your mind I, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done for a lost cause. Too well-educated <laughs> for your own good, mate. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I think a lot of folk would disagree with you on that one. <laughs> but, hi. Sweet. That's interesting. Well, yeah, definitely. Well, on that note, if no one has anything else to add, I will close off the recording. But um, feel free to chat to us. Up to you. But um, thank you, honestly, so much for joining us. If yeah, we been yeah. really interesting. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I was just gonna say if um we hear anything, then obviously we'll get in touch with you guys. But also like keep us up to date if you hear anything as well. We'd you know like to chat to you again like hundred percent. So. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh, 
you know, anybody else that's listening to this as well, you know, mm-hmm. if they want to get in touch, there's a Facebook page as well, uh, Big Cat Sightings in Scotland. Uh, yourselves as well can keep up to date with stuff like that. We're doing a lot on yep. that as well. So, uh, you know, please get in touch with us via that as well. I, I, I'd also say if, there, if there's also anyone out there that's already been doing research, uh, that's already doing field work or is wanting to get involved with that, we're also building a, a team of researchers uh, that that uh, can be on uh, on call as well for fresh sightings uh, and go out and conduct local field work. So we're in the process of building that and we're always keen to have more folk um, keen to do research and get out there uh, to come on board with that as well. So um, as David says, they can find us at the Big Cat Sightings in Scotland uh, Facebook group. And um, yeah, grand. Perfect. That's amazing. Well, thank you very much for joining us and thanks to everyone for listening as well. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank Bye. you. No problem. <laughs>